What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Bachelor Party. Today is a very special episode. We have the executive vice president of Alternative and Unscripted from Walt Disney Television, the one and the only Rob Mills. It's been a while since Rob's been on. I'm so excited to talk to him about Golden Bachelor. Let's just get into it. Welcome to Bachelor Party. Christmas has come early because Rob Mills is back. Rob, how are you? I'm great. Happy to be back. I feel like this has been... Long, long overdue. Like several years overdue. I don't think we have done a podcast together since before COVID, which means it's really a totally new era of The Bachelor. Do you watch Survivor? Off and on. Jeff Probst is constantly talking about the new era on Survivor. So when I say that now, I always think about him. What is the new era of Survivor? It started in like season 40 when they did Winners at War. And then now it's they shortened it and it's like 26 days. I don't know. Anyway. He views Survivor like the MCU, basically. like Kind of. Yeah. Phase two. Phase two of Survivor now. <laughs> okay. Well, this is our first chat in the Jesse Palmer era. And most importantly, we are on the eve of the first Golden Bachelor finale. Very quickly before that, speaking of the Jesse Palmer era, thank you. I have no, because we talked about this, not on the podcast, what a supporter you are of Jesse, which has been great. I mean, and you were a day one 
adapter. This was not. Thank you. Oh, I watched him, you know, tear up at Ellen's hot seat at Golden <laughs> Bachelor. Now I'm all in on Jesse. <laughs> you bought Jesse stock very early. It will never be forgotten about. Thank you so much, Rob. Your publicist, Ashley, who's listening right now, will tell you that I've also been asking to meet Jesse in person, like a stalker, for two years now. So it hasn't happened. But I hope to one day. You will definitely meet Jesse at some point. I love him. I think last week with, or I guess two weeks ago, with the overnight dates was on Golden Bachelor was Jesse's best performance. The way that he talked to Gary about intimacy in the fantasy suites was so funny and so relatable. I just, I, I thought it was so good. I, I love Jesse. That, that's my quarterback. He's been doing a great job. I absolutely agree. You know, Steve Spurrier knew, you know, all along. <laughs> the, this guy, the this guy is a gem. The old ball coach. That's right. Exactly. He is, he's great. I mean, I have to say Gary is also served up, you know, I mean, you you only can hit the ball back when it's, you know, kind of served that way. And I had to say Gary did a great job handling that, that whole conversation. But I agree. Jesse was great. He was very funny. So let's talk about Gary. So first of all, you say his name more properly than I do. Did you have any hesitations about casting someone whose name was so hard to remember how to pronounce? I mean, I will say it took me <laughs> past. I swear I probably was in the mansion for that first night one. And I think I'm still calling him Jerry. It's so confusing. You know, now it's like it is like second nature calling him Gary. And I've never seen that before. Like I've seen the Jeffrey and sure. Goffrey, you know, whenever you might sure. call or whatever. I've like seen certain Toys R Us Giraffe. Yeah. Toys R Us. Yes. Thank, exactly. That's right. Exactly. G, G Toys R Us G Jeffrey. Stephen and Stefan, all those sure. things. But I've I've never in you know ever come across Gary. I must call him Jerry. Gary. Because when it's I too, see it in my confusing. head, I was looking in my head. G E R R Y. Never never seen that before. And yeah, I guess now that you say that, maybe that was a subconscious barrier to entry. We might have had to have some <laughs> conversations about that. <laughs> Would you consider being Jerry for the Golden Bachelor, dude? Or Gary, <laughs> G-A-R-Y. Yeah, just change it. On the topic of Gary, it feels like it's been a successful season. A lot of people who I'd heard from were like, I stopped watching the show. I'm coming back. They stuck around. You know, it seems like the ratings have been really good, especially including Next Day or Plus 7 on Hulu. What's your title these days, Rob? I am the EVP Alternative Series and okay. Specials and for Walt Disney television every day they'll tell me i've I've something new that i i oversee so <laughs> what a flex or somebody will call me and be like you know oh i report to you now so uh great i'm very very lucky so as e- evp unscripted and alternative entertainment what is like your biggest learning from this inaugural season of the golden bachelor <laughs> okay as opposed to like before if if you were asking me this question like 10 years ago yeah no seriously like from this show in particular, like what what is the biggest surprise and like what's the biggest lesson you're going to apply going forward? You know what? It's actually, a, it's funny. It's a really good question. Interesting one. I have to say, this was one of those shows, and I'm sure you and I probably talked about it in 2019. Like the, this has been kicking around forever. Yes. And forever. it was always like, it felt like if we get this right, it'll be, it feels like it could be really big. And then every step of the way, when we announced the show at Upfronts, people, it was like, you could see just people reacted to it. When we did that first promo where it was just, you know, like, you know, I'm Gary and I'm your first golden bachelor. 
You do his voice really well. Good impersonation. I watch so much of the show that I can do <laughs> a lot of, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I've only felt this bad since I lost my wife. There's a goddamn close set. You're crushing it. Are you good at impersonations? I'm not, but I'm good at that. I will say either Gary or myself could probably do much better than the person who voices Kermit the Frog right now. <laughs> I think we both have that weird sort of vocal, vocal register. Gotcha. So we, we, we released that first promo and it was, we'd hear from different, you know, websites or like this thing gets like 15 times more traffic than we normally get for either anything bachelor or anything. So it's like, okay, people are responding to this. We released the ladies and it was huge. We got think pieces in like the New York times and the wall street journal. And like, you could just see this thing was resonating before it aired. And then it aired, the premiere aired and people were like, I love this. It's perfect. And you're like, God, this thing feels huge. And then you get the overnights and it's like, well, it's, it's where something it's sort of on the middle end of what you'd call something very successful. Overnights is a terms for ratings, right? You don't mean, you don't mean overnight dates. Yes. No, no, no. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Cause that could apply here as well. Thank you. That's a good uh, distinction. But no, so for the the ratings for just the initial airing that first Thursday, they were good, but we were like, we thought this was going to be massive. It just felt like the awareness of people watching, like there's a buzz, you can't, people are all talking about it. And then something really interesting happened over the weekend, it became like the biggest premiere of anything we've ever debuted on ABC, not just Bachelor on Hulu. Wow. And the numbers were giant. And when you added those up and you start adding up over the three days and seven days, and even we now measure something called a 35-day measurement, mm. it's huge. And it's like stuff we haven't seen from The Bachelor in years. So I think one of the learnings now in this job that I've realized is success is measured very differently. But you now see how a show like this can actually be helpful across so many different things at at the Walt Disney Company. So it is, now that my, my, my job is Walt Disney Television. It's like, this was a great asset for ABC, which, you know, now if you can do anything that's helpful to a linear network, that's great. <laughs> it was very helpful for Hulu. So holistically, it's been, you know, it's actually been really fantastic. And I think it's a roadmap for how you can now measure success today. Interesting. There's room for, I think there's a lot of people who watch, especially with this one being golden. I think a lot of the sort of maybe older end of the demo that watch more linear TV and watch it live were watching. And then I think more young people who like to get their TV, their streaming were watching on Hulu. And then what I think we've seen happen, especially right around probably I'd say right the week before hometowns, we started to see a spike in the live number too. Oh, and cause I think what you, what you saw was like people would either watch it on Hulu or they listen to, you know, like your podcast, or they listen to other ones and listen to the recaps and get, get invested. And then they started watching live cause they wanted to see, like you could really see when Ellen went home that week before hometowns people, it felt like there was, there was a real live tremor right there and then little by little it's it's grown for hometowns and then last week was series highs just in the live number for the overnight dates do you feel as invested in the live number like does that matter to you as much like or is it just like telling of how people are catching up look for me who's just been doing this forever i still love that live number Mm -hmm. and you like the feeling of wow everybody is 
sharing this at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely an old school. I think people should go see movies and theaters. I like when something on TV feels like a shared cultural experience. Sure. So I like that, but I've also enjoyed the follow-up. I love every weekend listening to the various recaps and podcasts and seeing people catch up. So I think right. that there's definitely room for that, but I'm very excited that I then think all of that is going to come together for the finale. The finale is two hours. It's coming on Thursday. Yes. I think 35% of the conversation total, and probably after week one, 60% of the conversation was, this is only an hour and it's awesome. What do you do about that? Like, that's a huge existential note for the franchise that people like this as an hour. Like for you programming the network, like how do you take that feedback into account? It's tough. Well, first of all, I was like, yeah, I totally agree with you. I also enjoyed (laughs) when watching the cuts. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm done in, you know, an hour as opposed to two hours. I think, look, you know, originally the show used to be an hour. And even I remember it sort of turned into two hours completely accidentally when Jason Mesnick season came along. And that was a time when we didn't even know if The Bachelor was going to be around much longer. It had been on twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. And it got sort of demoted to just once at mid-season. Right. Which was not, I remember, like, they're like, The Bachelor's not on the fall schedule. And people thought, this is the end. And it was on the heels of Matt Grant's season, who, I feel like you were a Matt Grant fan, Julia. Uh, Maybe I'm I'm wrong. No, I I think Mesnick's season is like super important. It's the first finale where people were like, if you weren't paying attention live, you were missing out. Exactly. So Matt Grant's season did not do well. So it was like, okay, you're going to mid-season. We happened to do a summer bachelorette, which was Deanna. And then that's where Mesnick... And that was an hour, was, I believe. Yeah, and that was... Uh, Deanna was 08 and Mesnick was 09, if I, I believe. So that was when we decided, you know, the story of Mesnick, the single dad, you know, he'd been divorced. He was sort of left. He got down on one knee. She told him to get up. He's like, I'm just going to go back and raise my son. And I think they said people were like dying for this guy to be the bachelor. So we make him the bachelor. And I remember these were going to be 90 minutes episodes. And what was going to air at 930, we had a show at the time called Samantha Who on ABC with Christine Applegate. Yeah. As a Christina Applegate fan, I remember it very well. She was she's amazing, and yes, I she feel is. bad this 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 ending this story has a tragic <laughs> ending. So we aired Jason's premiere was two hours. We had a show at the time, an unscripted show called True Beauty that was going to air at ten. So it was going to be The Bachelor from eight to nine thirty, Samantha Who at nine thirty, and then True Beauty at ten o'clock. And mm. Jason's premiere does really well, and it kind of helped. True Beauty's writing. So then I was like, well, this is a new show. Maybe there's some promise here. Let's make Jason's week two, two hours. Mm. And then Jason's second week outrated the first and helped. And then it was that, that last half hour was the highest rated half hour. So I remember we weren't seeing numbers like that at the time. So I think our scheduling people said, well, let's try it another week because this is a, how do we turn down a highly rated half hour? So I remember every Tuesday I'd have to call them and say, you have to make the show a half hour longer. Like they'd have six days to figure this out. It was crazy. I don't know how they did it now looking back. So finally after like week five or six, Jason's ratings went up every week and they finally had to basically tell Samantha who we're really sorry. You're going to air now in the summer. You're not. And that's probably what led to that show's 
demise. I think it was really, really difficult. But that was, this is my long-winded way of saying, that's how the show ended up being two hours because you would end up with this highly rated 9.30 half hour that people liked. And then now I do think that also they were eight eight weeks at the time. I know Jason C's was eight weeks. I believe Jake's might've been as well. And then I think, you know, I remember again, our head of scheduling said, we need more weeks of our hit shows. We got to expand Bachelor to, to 10 weeks. So that's sort of how that, that, that came to be. And now to your point with Golden Bachelor, people are like, wow, especially, by the way, when we were doing that, remember it was just Bachelor and Bachelorette. I think right. Bachelor Pad didn't come along until another year later. Yeah, I think Bachelor Pad was 2010, if I'm recalling correctly, maybe 11. It was the summer after Allie's season. So that was 2011, yeah. Actually, I was sorry, that was 2010. I wasn't, I wasn't in LA yet, I remember. I love how you, you like me, have all your major <laughs> life events time to bachelor seasons. Of course, yeah. Allie's what I, what I was in. Also, my friend Peyton was on the first season of Bachelor. Oh, Pat, of course, so, Peyton, yeah. of course, absolutely. Yeah. How can yeah. you forget Peyton? Of course. <laughs> I think she won the two-on-one day with Andy Baldwin. Or was she the one that was left? I can't remember now. I can't remember, but she Peyton's was either left on a helipad <laughs> or she got on And then she ended up with Chris Lampton. It all worked out great. They're the best, yeah. <laughs> so... Now it's like, then we, you know, Bachelor Pad kind of went with them. We did Bachelor in Paradise. So then it was a season of Bachelor, a season of Bachelorette, and then two nights of Bachelor in Paradise. It just, it's a, a huge tonnage of hours. So then by the time you get there, and, you know, these have been some kind of fallow years in Bachelor Nation, the franchises, yeah. the, the cycles haven't necessarily been the best. And then you've got 10 weeks of two hours of them. So then people were, so happy the only thing you heard i love it this is the one cycle i actually wish was a little bit longer this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups all right it's official i think i've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time like any good relationship they really balance each other out one is super sweet and the other well they can be a little nutty sometimes it is of course reese's peanut butter cups the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate so perfect some would call it true love Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, I mean, I, but I think that's like so much better than... I was just thinking about the the terrible stretch, and I shouldn't say terrible, but the sort of challenging stretch from the beginning of Matt's season through the end of who was it? uh Clayton because after Matt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Through the end of Clayton season 
was hard. It was just like exhausting. I mean, you had two bachelors and two bachelorettes and paradise, I think. Or no, there's no paradise, but in like a, you know, 15 month window. And I remember just thinking like, it's so much bachelor. But I think in addition to the hour I was thinking about, like must be a conundrum because it's not like you can make the bachelor or the bachelorette for much cheaper. So you can't like slash their budget. Right. And then also re like send that money somewhere else for another hour somewhere else. Right. And no, as much as I, you know, yes, that's, that's a very great idea if we could live in a world like that, but (laughs) yeah, it's like not possible. It's difficult. And I will say, if you look at some of the hour shows and even on this one you saw there wasn't like travel until the end like it, it it doesn't make it you look at where they're going for joey season and i know some locations they're talking about for this upcoming bachelorette season a couple of years ago i did this like countdown i did a ranking of like the most dramatic seasons ever and i included travel as and like where they went as part of it and i remember you you saying to me like you don't think the travel really matters like you don't think that really constitute like factors into a good season or not and I actually totally agree. I feel like the travel in some ways becomes like a crutch. And with Gary's season, we saw that like it actually doesn't matter. And there's actually something like fun about the kind of like really low budget dates of like going to the Santa Monica Pier or, you know, like ATV rides or whatever. And I actually think that like not having like a double decker bus in London, like just like totally doesn't matter. So I like that some of the like superfluous parts of the bachelor was stripped away. And so you did just get more like human interaction. And like, I am a Kathy fan too. Like I love that Kathy was mean to someone's face. Like I know she was mean, but like, I was glad that she did it to, to Teresa's face. So I don't, I don't know. Like I, I really like all of that stuff. And like, I'm, I'm glad that it's gone. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, my philosophy is always, if you've done your job right in the season, and I think we have here, I think we'll see this next Thursday, the highest rated point of the show should be when it's two people talking on the couch, which right. is Gary and his runner-up and Gary and the winner. Right. And that's really... And if you have great a great cast like you did here, to your point, watching Teresa and Kathy spar on the pickleball court, you know, that was in Westlake Village. You don't need zip it. That's, yeah, that's I loved as it. Good, that's as good <laughs> as anything you're going to see in Australia or Asia or any of these other places they go. And if you have a bad cast, you can go anywhere. I mean, even some of these seasons, I remember there would be, you know, some of these great sort of like cultural dates where they're in some place, but it's like, God, this guy is just not exciting. Like, there's no chemistry there between them. Yeah. You know, what are we watching? We're watching them, you know shop for rugs in Turkey. Like, you know, it's like, that's not exciting when I don't care about, I'm not invested in these two people. Also, honestly, like there's some stuff that like, you're just sort of like, eh, don't love this. Like some of like the, like the food, like when they would like go to a market in a foreign place, like someone wasn't familiar with the food and you're just like, eh, we don't, we don't, we don't really need that. I, another thing that's really noticeable at Golden Bachelor is there are some production differences. Like there's the cold open. That's like some something that's either funny or emotional. And then I can just tell they're using different lenses on their cameras. It looks different. And I was curious, like how the new showrunners, it's a trio, Bennett, Great Bear was always on on the show or he has been for a long time. He was promoted. And then he has like two new partners. And I'm curious how you think their impact has like aligned with the Golden Bachelor. I mean, obviously this was a show that was being developed before they got there. But I will say Bennett, Bennett obviously has been there for well over a decade. Jason Ehrlich has sort of been off and on with the show. And then Claire Freeland 
produced. She was actually a TV network executive in Canada. I heard she worked on Bachelor Canada, right? Well, she brought the Bachelor to Canada and then left her job to go produce it. So she produces Bachelor and Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise Canada. That's really funny. There was a real love of the the show that I think has been fantastic. And I think they have done a great job, but there was a real, once you saw these people and I mean, there was a real easy roadmap to what the show should be. I think we know Jason is the one who sort of coined, he's like, there's three ages. He'd have a big board in the control room. It was like humor, heart and hope. And we need to make sure. And it was always like, okay, every episode, what have we done to check that off? Okay. We've got the humor. What are we doing with the heart? What are we doing? You know, where's the hope in this episode? And so that was really great. And it's how things were thought up of like making sure we're filming when they play Never Have I Ever when they're eating ice cream. Oh my God. I loved that. And quite frankly, you know, some of that stuff just came from like remembering what did you love about Golden Girls? Right. You know, it's like in some of the best scenes in that show was just the four of them in a kitchen eating cheesecake. You just wanted to get those feelings of, of what do you love? What do you love about also, but what do you love about Bachelor too? Like when you're really invested, when you want to see Jason Mesnick complete his family and find somebody like that's, you, you know, you do that. We had a great story with this guy and with these women, they had real stories to tell. So it's how are we getting those out using those three H's? Right. That's so interesting. You know, now that you say that I can like see it in the episode, you probably can name each a moment for each of those H's in, in every, everyone. Yeah. And then your point about the cold open, what's interesting about that is sometimes the greatest creative ideas come from necessity. So this was just literally, we would watch these cuts of golden badger and it has to be a network cut has to be like 43 minutes and they'd come in at like say 51 and you'd watch it and be like, I don't see one second you can cut here. Like this is going to be really really difficult. So that was sort of, I remember just saying like, I never want to see 90 seconds devoted to tonight on the golden bachelor. And then it's <laughs> stuff we seen in there. I was like, that's 90 seconds of show content we could use. We can't afford it. Right. It's why you never saw like those casting cards in there, which do, you know, they actually are, they serve a, a good purpose. I know our casting people say a lot of people do come in from seeing that there's people who actually don't know how to apply. So I think that the fact that we had to figure out, okay, how do we do that is what led them to what I thought was a brilliant idea with these cold opens. And I thought it was great. And I think what's funny, both those, the things we're talking about, the three H's as well as the cold open are things that are going to then be ported over to the regular show. And I think you're going to see it in Joey's season as well. Interesting. Two comments on that. One, I feel like a byproduct of hope is not saying the word divorce, which was very conspicuous. And I would just well, like interesting. to... I would like to make a plea for allowing the D word to be on the show in the future when it's the gold, golden... Yes, that will be amended. I'm sorry. We don't need to be like the Brady Bunch where, <laughs> you know, we have no... Somehow Carol Brady was single, but we have no idea why. But we know Mike was very clearly a widower, so... Yeah, yes, Ga- fair Ga- enough. Gary was like asking Ellen what happened like about her previous marriage and he was in like, he like skirted around the word divorce. It was, it was very funny. Also, I watched every moment of Ellen like three times. So I loved her. But the other thing about hope is that I felt like this was just like a nicer show. And I thought that was actually very interesting that it's not, it didn't really like trade in cattiness. I mean, of course, 
I would say Kathy is funny more than catty. But I'm curious, like, if you think that's a shift more broadly that, that like, viewers are interested in, like, kind of like a, a gentler, kinder, more hopeful reality show. No, I think they are. And oh, I think people like drama, but everybody knows when it's manufactured drama or it's something. What was great about the Kathy thing was, yes, it didn't feel like this was this life or death thing. Nobody was throwing, you know, she didn't take Ellen's pickleball trophy and throw it in the pool or anything <laughs> like that. But sure. it was a real, you know, it was rooted in something real. Like that was absolutely something. And I've seen these types of arguments happen all the time. Like I think everyone could nod their head and say, okay. And I can see it both ways. You know, I understand why Kathy's upset. I understand why Teresa would be hurt by that. I also understand why Teresa didn't mean to, do that it was completely inadvertent but it's also like you got to stop especially when you were the first one-on-one and many of these women hadn't had it so that was a real argument i think now when you see drama you know it will it will be rooted uh, hopefully in something that is real and if if you know it's it doesn't have to be oh my god we don't have histrionics this season on the bachelor that's probably okay if you like and care about these characters if anything what you want, and we've seen this in the past, it's not just Golden Bachelor, but when you are so invested in these people, when they go home, that's like gut-wrenching. As opposed yeah. to, oh my God, I hated this person for five weeks. Thank God they're gone. Right, right. So with Golden Bachelor almost wrapping, what do you think is the most important quality in a potential Golden Bachelorette? Oh gosh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to... Usually the problem we have is that, God, there's not enough candidates or there's not enough here. It is somebody had said something, I think a few weeks ago about like, you know, all, I think it was during Women Tall, all 12 of these women should get their own seasons. And I don't disagree. I'd like, they'd all be very different stories. So it's really going to be difficult. I mean, we haven't really, I think right now it's really important to get this season right. So we haven't really dove deep into it. I mean, we haven't even started casting yet. I don't know. It's it's a good question. It's going to be interesting to see what the what the audience thinks. I definitely right. think the finale is really wonderful and, you know, you'll have the three H's will be represented, but it is also there is a breakup as you see from the promos where he's crying. It is it is devastating. I have two last things for you. One, I can't believe Leslie dated Prince. I should have started with that. When you found out someone on your show dated Prince, like I, I know you love like 80s and 90s pop culture. So like, did you like just jump for joy? Like what was your reaction? I feel like it's perfect for you in particular. It was incredible. I mean, I was sort of like, do we need to vet this? Because like, who would make <laughs> Is it, it true? Like, no, he's not, <laughs> he, he's not alive to say whether it was true or not. But you know, the other thing about Leslie though, you know, her cousin is Bobby Z, who was the drummer for the revolution. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, wow. her ties to Prince go deep. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Minnesota, I mean, it's all happening. Like, that was awesome. It's beyond, she's like maybe the coolest person to ever be on any of these shows. <laughs> no, she's amazing. And have you seen, it was, it was making its way around, I think, Instagram and stuff too. She had a, like, jazzercise video yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, she's, she's, she's definitely, you know, the most, probably the most interesting person we've ever had in any oh, iteration definitely. of this franchise by far. Also one of the most beautiful. She's leading a trip to Costa Rica in February if you'd like to go on it. It's a Zumba trip. Last question for you. Okay. The Bachelor franchises took over Thursdays this fall. Yeah. 
how did you feel about having a supersized night? You got the Shonda slot on Thursdays. We did. Yes, exactly. We were just keeping it warm for now of course. the strikes are over. She, she'll be back. Well, don't, don't worry. I've never missed an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So I will, I will ABC. I'll be continuing to tune in on Thursdays no matter what, but how did you feel about like ha- having this night? Look again, this was more a necessity thing. This was Monday night football. To, when that came in, it sort of had this whole domino effect. You know, originally, if you saw it was scheduled after dancing with the stars. And I I'm remember aware. thinking, I don't know how this is a show that if ever a show felt like a four quadrant cycle of the bachelor, it's this golden bachelor. Like you really could watch this maybe up until fantasy suites with your, <laughs> with your kids. You really could. Um, I guess you don't need questions about what 69 you, is. Yeah. You, you still could. I think Jesse, Jesse made it such that everyone could watch it together. Yeah. Even he referred to it as Disney. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so moving that to eight, there really weren't, a lot of open slots. So that's sort of how the Thursday thing came to be. I mean, I know one of the things we said is great going back to the Hulu piece was, you know, it's so easy now to watch on the weekends. Like right. the next day is Friday. It's not as if it aired on Monday. I've heard people time it for three days. I don't need to watch it this weekend now, but I don't, you know, the consensus I think is if you put on good cut bachelor content, they'll come anywhere to watch it. I do think, you know, people are probably happy to have it back on Mondays for yeah. Joey season, but that's a really interesting question. And I don't know what the answer is. We'll see how people react to it being back on Mondays. All right. Well, here's my two cents. Never ever again do I want two consecutive nights in a row of Bachelor in Paradise. This was so much better. Thank you very much. Agreed. And I liked the event. I also think Thursdays is good. I mean, everyone wants Thursdays for a reason because it goes into, it's traditionally the biggest network end of the week because it leads into the weekend. I think I liked it. As selfishly, having two on one night was like kind of hard at first, but and sort of made it fun. It was like Bachelor Thursday. So maybe you got to duke it out with uh, Shonda Rhimes and Grey's Anatomy. We might have to. I don't know that we'd ever necessarily have a three-hour night of content either, but we'll see. Okay. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I always love having you on. You are a audience favorite as well. I will certainly be texting you as soon as Gary makes his choice. But I predicted Teresa, so just want to be on record. We'll talk after. There's uh, what I will say is to get a, a quick shameless plug in. It will definitely be a shocking night, to say the least. <laughs> wow, I can't. I wait. don't want to say anything more. Don't, no, I don't want to know anything more. It's great. I like to go impure. This is appointment TV for anyone who's ever been a part of Bachelor. Even if you haven't watched, wow. by the way, you watched one minute of this, you could watch this, and trust me, you will you will be entertained and your jaw will be on the ground by the end. I'm incredibly excited. Thanks again, Rob. It was so great to have you. Thank you. And give my best to Callie. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Who I've never even met or spoken to, but tell (laughs) tell her who I am and then give her my best. I will. Thank you again. (laughs) All right. We got our finale on Thursday. Can't wait. Callie and I will be back right after. We also, of course, have the penultimate paradise. And thank you so much to my producer, Devin Ronaldo. Talk to you then.